And we're live! Hello everyone and welcome to 107, the episode of Bands of Power. I am Joe Amato and I'm here with Tyler, T-Rex, Baker, and T-Rex. Ready for tonight's episode? I don't think you've called me T-Rex in a while. Well, I usually, well, I, I guess, yeah, I always introduce you as Tyler, T-Rex, Baker, but uh, I don't know, sometimes I usually do it, maybe randomly. Like, since I've been referred to as the, the, uh, that nickname, so it's not nice to hear it for a change. Now you're going to be putting it in my head so much, I'm probably going to like subconsciously say it throughout the episode. It's like, so T-Rex, what'd you think of that? Yeah, that was a good comment, T-Rex. Now I'm going to be stuck saying it probably, just because uh, you put that you know subliminal message in my head. <laughs> but 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 isn't that the point of the of the nickname is to call me that? You know? But I did no really. I, like I said, I started off with it, said it again. I'm going to call you that. Just maybe you don't hear it. But real quick. I wanted to say hello. We got a bunch of people in the chat room. We got Christopher Dahlberg. We got uh, Cristobal Davila or Davila. Oh God, I probably butchered his name. Now he's going to want to kick me in the nuts. Yeah, he's probably going to kick me in the nuts. We got Ivan. Hey Ivan, Ivan. thanks. Yeah, he, he knows I probably I could attempt his last name because I'm going to screw it up and sound like a moron. And we got JSP. We got Tom Charlton. So uh, thank you everyone for joining us in the chat room. And just a lot of people are excited to hear about the new adventures talk. So yeah, that's a. Uh, oh, Cristobal. Be a bunch of, oh, God, I hate it. Well, they're looking forward to it. And this is the first time uh, he said I said it close to right, so I tried. But, no, this will be the first time we do a commentary for New Adventures. But, yeah, it's like we say. We always try to cover everything. We try to get everything possible from Masters, Princess of Power, New Adventures. We don't want to leave anything out. So we try to do everything we can. And maybe it's something people don't like, but hopefully they do like it. So I guess it, you can't it, please everybody. Just so people know. Okay, if I haven't listened to this podcast, it's been a long time since Joe and I have done anything regarding New Adventures because we realize, yes, it's the black sheep amongst a lot of He-Man fans. I love it personally. Joe likes it too. But we realize probably a lot of people are not so willing to open their ears up to new adventures so that which is why we haven't done it in such a long time so it's it's hard to like sometimes get you know not we're that we're trying to get anybody to like anything but you know it's it's tricky because i mean even me i was an open hater of new adventures when i first came around to watch and i was like dear god what is this hot mess it put me to sleep every time i watched it but then i kept trying to give more of a chance like you know what it's not bad. It grows on you. The more you watch, it's like, okay, this ain't, you know, it's not as horrible as it seems. But yes, uh, well, we'll get to that later. But yes, I openly am holding my hand up. Yes, I was kind of a hater. But um, well, I first wanted to say one thing, uh, because wait a second. Um, wait, oh, Christopher Dahlberg said, he said, Tyler might be upset because I screamed, no, not new adventures on his post. So you must have a post on Facebook where he screamed. Oh, I no. saw. I saw oh, it, Chris. <laughs> Which I just have to roll my eyes and oh great you're one of them. <laughs> you know, you're, you're one of those guys that just has to like. I have to tell you that I think New Avengers is stupid. Like, by golly, Joe, I've never heard anybody say that before. <laughs> right. Well, so, yes, Chris, I saw your remark. It'll be fun to do our commentary on it. But I wanted to start off with one thing. I wanted to start off something cool from a fan out there. I don't know if uh, many of you guys know, there's this fan out there, his name is John English, and he does customs, he goes, he has like uh, Master English customs. He purchased a while back the prototype of the Eldor figure, the one that, you know, we never got way back, you know, in the 80s that we're supposed to. You know, he purchased this prototype, and it's well known, I mean, he's posted, so it's not like I'm telling anything new, he's posted this. Well, he just today showed that he's going to be making 
uh, he's going to be casting out. He's going to be making some of these Eldor figures a limited amount for fans to get. And he, he's just, he's a, well, I guess Master English works perfectly for his title, for his customs, because he's a master at doing this molding and casting process. He didn't destroy his figure at all. I mean, it's still absolutely in the same pristine condition. Uh, I, I think he said it was an, it, it's not as tight put together as like a regular normal mass produced figure would have been so he easily was able to have it just it kind of you know to pop it apart he does every i mean every piece is just mass produced perfectly i mean how he does it i mean he's doing this himself but for those who've always wanted to have an exact eldor uh, he's gonna be uh, he, he's still got to get more details of when he's gonna do this but he showed it in a couple groups Tyler, I can tell you, it's it's breathtaking. It looks just like the actual Eldor. So I had to give a shout out to him. Amazing looking work. Oh, and any anybody that's going to be pushing the the, the powers of Grayskull in any form or fashion, you have my blessing. You know, as long as it, it is solely based on the original concept, idea, and story of the powers of Grayskull, and nothing have nothing to do with the abomination that included King Grayskull and, and all these other silly atrocities to that storyline. So I'm, I, I'm all behind that. And I think that's a wonderful uh, project he's taken on. Yes. it's So that will be fantastic. Uh, I'm curious if he's going to maybe do an attempt. I haven't asked him and I'm sure other fans will ask, like, will he attempt to make his own, you know, book of living spells because that's the one thing he doesn't have but i'm curious to see if he'll do that because remember there was supposed to be a gimmick of how it came out and had holograms so yeah all about the holograms dude yeah so that'd be cool but either way i was figuring fans would be super excited about that i know i am i mean when i seen what he put out i was like it looks exactly like the actual prototype i mean i mean he that's how he does it he can make the you know the molds and cast it out and it looks exactly like it and it's in the colors of how it should be so i just had to give a shout out to him because when i see super amazing work i'm definitely going to respect it and say something so so that's what for john said that, said, said that about another topic this evening <laughs> yeah, we'll see when we get oh yeah well hey i don't know when we might get to that we might have to get to that Maybe now we could. Maybe we'll talk about another fan project. Let's talk about a mini comic. Now, what's the name of this mini comic, Tyler? Because you can go ahead. You have the honor of saying and maybe showing if you want. And then I'll discuss this mini comic that I want to talk about. I'm trying to hold up as close as possible there, but is the leech raise it up? Raise up a little bit. There you go. Leech, the master of power suction, unleashed. And this was a collaboration between you and Carson Clinch. You wrote it, and yeah. he drew it, correct? Yes, I, I I designed every panel, the dialogue, the story was all was Carson may, uh, offered suggestions for certain things, but um, none of the vast majority of it, I wrote it down. What I wanted to see in each panel: one, two, middle panel, splash panel. Uh, that's all me. Uh, everything. Okay. Um, I, I'd never done it before either. I've, I've never, as many times as I try to complete writing little He-Man stories as a child, I never finished a single damn one. But this is the first, first and only He-Man uh, related story I've ever completed in my entire life. So, um, it may 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 show like wow. It clearly shows he hasn't. He doesn't have much. Uh. uh experience doing this or like, Hey, not bad for a first time out. So, um, I had no att attachment to this story. It, you know, it was just Carson hit us up 
or hit me up one after Joe and I tore apart the the Leech mini comic back in I think February, and wanted to know if I what, what about re, retelling it, you know, coming up with a more coherent story. And the idea behind it was to tell a much more uh, understandable story that would kind of as if it were being sold with the figure back in '85. Like this is a mini comic that's supposed to push the Horde and Leech in particular and incorporate, you know, characters that were available in the toy line at that time. And we took a couple of liberties, uh, with one character in particular, not that is, but just as a fun cameo, I threw in, well, oh, hell I'll let, yeah. I, I wanted Joe to, um, review it and to give me an honest opinion. I didn't want and to. That's what I, and that's what I'm going to do. I just want to let everybody know this will be an honest opinion because when we talked about, you know, the, original vintage Leech mini-comic. I mean, it's been, for most fans, it was considered one of the worst ones, not just because just a weird story, but just the art of how it was confusing. Like, why does Leech look like he's the size of Godzilla in some panels and then others is not? Hordak's a giant and then even bigger. It's just, it was just, in the art was just really something painful on the eyes. And, and you know, like I said, I mean, hell, I can't draw. So, you know, I, I know some people say, well, Joe, why don't you put your money mouth, or where your mouth is? And, and you know, that's why I respect what you did, Tyler, because some people were saying, hmm, why don't you write a story? And you know what? You did that, and you had an amazing artist, Karsten Clinch. He sat there and did the art, and now I'll give an honest review. Just because you're, you know, we're hosting this together doesn't mean I'm going to sugarcoat it and make everything great. Yeah, There's something and, and, and to emphasize, too, you know, I've talked with Joe in private before we do this, too, like of, so, of some mistakes that were found in this that I didn't yeah. see. Yeah, so, and I caught, like, I caught these couple of things, and so I will yeah. bring things up, but I'll still be honest. But the first page, oh, another thing, Tyler wanted to send me a physical copy of this. And I said, nope, I don't want it. I said, you go ahead and we can make these available for the fans to where you can give them out. In fact, at some point during this podcast, I'm going to ask a trivia question. And the first person that can answer that trivia question on the Fans of Power Facebook page, they'll win a copy of Tyler's mini comic. So... I said, well, since you're not physically sent it, just could you take pictures and send them to me? And that's what I wanted to ask. I wanted to make sure first. Obviously, you didn't send the cover to me. So was the first panel where Cyclone and Man at Arms were in the swamps? Uh, technically, yes. There's a, uh, um, you know, the the in, inside first page with the credits with Leech lurking in the swamp water. Oh, okay, I didn't get that. So I okay. Yeah, that, that was Carson's idea. I had nothing to do with it. I set up the first panel and on. Uh, that was a nice little opening page that um, Carson drew of, kind of alluding to what what we're going to be seeing. You know, okay, a nice right, little image. All right, because obviously now how this starts off is you see Cyclone and Man at Arms and they're in these swamps, talking about how they could see how people could get lost in these swamps and they're looking for. Men, warriors, attorney and soldiers, people are, I'm, I'm taken, that's what it is, because at some point, Cyclone, P picks up a helmet. And he said, it doesn't look good, and it looks like an attorney and palace guard's uh, helmet. You know, like how Man-at-Arms has. So that's what you see, and then right from there, boom, it pops up. Leech sucks on the back of Man-at-Arms, and as an homage, as everybody, I mean, we'll see eventually, as an homage to the card back where Leech is sucking on Man at Arms. So it's that, I like how he did that. And then it has, boom, the name of Leech, the master of power suction unleashed. And the art is, this is really vibrant art. I'll give it to you. When you guys do see this, 
it's fantastic looking art. And, uh, and, you know, like I said, hopefully you get a chance to win it. But, of course, still, there's pictures that Tyler's put up here and there you can see. But it's at least a good chance, you know, to know what's going on. In fact, you could throw maybe at least one little thing to give people an idea of this this one panel page, the one where Cyclone is spinning. And, okay, like I said, this is, it's great looking art. I mean, you can see on the one side, you see Leech sucking on Man-at-Arms, but this is, <laughs> it sounded so wrong how I said it, but. He's using his suction, just say he's using the suction power. If he keeps yeah, that saying might be better. off Man-at-Arms or he's sucking <laughs> off Cyclone here, it's, <laughs> it's like, dude, we're making this a, a little too homoerotic here. When okay. it's not- well, you know what I mean. Okay, well, he's using his suction, but this is what's cool. I like the part where Cyclone says, you know, you know, drop immediately you, and before he can finish, <laughs> Leech grabs Cyclone, he's grabbed by his face, so he's holding on to uh, Cyclone's face, but he's also using his suction power still on Man-at-Arms. Then uh, out of, you know, I don't know where then Leech just basically goes after Cyclone and starts like grabbing him with both of his hands to drain his power. So it's like going from one thing to another, nonstop jumping from action to action, and then you hear a voice, somebody say, how about you try some greens instead, Beast, and this big splat of stuff hits Leech, and it's, 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 tree, it's a tree log. Oh, it's a tree. I thought it was a, well, when he said greens, I, see, well, that's the thing. From my picture that you sent me, since it's kind of blurred, I thought it was a big, oh, so it's a tree. Oh, it is a tree log. See, I didn't know that. I thought it was greens. I was like, he must have threw a pile of mushy. Oh, the, the greens is referencing the person who's saying it. Himself. So. Oh, okay. So, yeah, he makes a challenge, you know, obviously to leech then. And, well, but well, Jared, it's moss, man. <laughs> I'm Jesus. I mean, yeah, Moss Man makes a challenge to Leech, you know, basically, you know, to get out of here, you're going to have some more of me to deal with. And Leech basically says he has what he came for. And he's taken Man at Arms away with him. And he said, like, the swamp will be, you know, the Horde's domain. So I wondered in this panel, I was going to ask you about this. Did Cyclone and Mossman, did you feel like they were being outgunned? Because I was like, why didn't they just go right after Leech right there as they were carrying Man-at-Arms? Did you feel like maybe they were outgunned and just they couldn't handle him, so they stopped, or what? Well, I mean, story-wise, you know, we got to get He-Man in here somehow. And, you know, my idea was that Leech is presented as a very powerful beast in this. I mean, given I'm only given so many pages to show everything here. So the idea behind it is... You know, Cyclone's just been taken out. Cyclone is, as we all know, arguably the most powerful of the heroic warriors. Has just been dismantled quite quickly, uh, and Man at Arms has been taken as well. Um, okay, okay, that was so just like it's, 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 go ahead, go ahead. Okay, because like I said, it was just something I questioned. I figured, well, maybe they did feel like you know, yeah, he just took care of Man at Arms. He took care of Cyclone. Maybe like, let's take a breather. We'll go get some backup because that's what they're going to say. That's what he says anyway. So yes, that, 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 that is the whole purpose of that is, is like we, we got a big threat. Maybe we should get some back. That, that is exactly what I was going for when I uh, when I set that up. Okay. And it was on this page where there was like a, a grammatical error that I told Tyler about, but it doesn't yes. take away from yes. the story. It was just, it was a double use of a word that there should have been another word. But when you read it, you'll see exactly what it's supposed to be like. I immediately knew what it was supposed to say, but... Like I said, hey, you see grammatical errors in even comics that are put out by professional companies. It, it happens. So, yeah, so the next scene is that they're back in the palace and they're telling King Randor what's going on. They're letting him basically know, letting him about the, know about the Horde. And you see Prince Adam lurking behind a corner. And what I like about this, for me, I think I'm hoping you did this as an homage to, like, some of Prince Adam's 
earlier type ways or depictions almost felt like I was getting a DC vibe. He was like, let me see. I want to make sure I can read it. He says, no time for chasing Lady Amanda today. It's time for He-Man. So I like that Prince Adam is, you know, being depicted as how he is like a little ladies man. He's always wanting to go after women. You know, in the early DC comics he was. You even seen him in some of the filmation episodes. I thought he was like carousing. Well, that, that panel and that dialogue is a reference to uh, uh, the Dragon's Gift where Adam's late showing up to the uh, uh, the, the royal, um, you know, where the ambassador of Theron is coming to, with Skeletor in disguise coming to present that that crystal, that, that uh, emerald statue to King Randor. Oh, okay. And, like, Prince Adam at, and uh, Man in Arms covers him. Like, and Tila says, I wouldn't call Lady Amanda a government problem. Ah, uh, okay. Thing that Adam is still chasing this particular woman that was it, it's an extremely small obscure reference, but I love Dragon's Gift, and I just thought, okay, yeah, to, to play the whole lady ladies man aspect that Adam is portrayed. I want yeah, because yeah, because so far I'm getting a lot of homages to things. First, you know, to the card back art with Leech, you know, using his suction power on Man at Arms for that reference right there for filmation. Along with the same lines, you could even say he's wearing his purple. I'm sorry, blue vest in this so in a way it's kind of referencing you could say some of the early alcala or even yeah. That, yeah. that was parson's idea too to kind of do a, a throwback to that that particular style of prince adam like we wanted to do kind of a mix like you see the royal palace is clearly based on filmation wasn't it blue also, filmation as well but yeah real quick wasn't the blue vest that was also in the dc early yeah. version too okay and see so that's why when i heard the reference to the women i was thinking it was a combination like how it he was both but it was yeah. taken from dragon's gift okay so you have like i said the homages to all those and then basically then he-man i mean prince adam transforms into he-man he you know comes into the room like you know he hears what's going on so it's him moss man and cyclone take off, get into the attack track. And there's a little panel where it's showing them, you know, going in the attack track, and it says, the heroic warriors board the attack track and head to the Vine Jungle, where the legendary gateway to Etheria uh, awaits them. Awaits them. Okay. All right, wait. Yeah, that's, and I, for listeners and people who do buy this or want a free copy, uh, unfortunately, we're not able to catch the grammatic errors until afterwards joe I, I was so excited i didn't catch any of them until joe pointed them out to me so it it's not hard to figure out what the line is supposed right. to be so right so you yeah. still get it but so the next panel you see um like an attorney and uh, you see a, a guard one of the guards he's like trapped into the fright zone being the toy fright zone you know the little clamp a rock this this isn't this isn't a, a royal guardsman this is like a peasant farmer that's what i was going for with that one Oh, okay. All right. Well, peasant farmer, because you're right. He wasn't in an outfit, but I didn't know if he maybe was. But, you know, Hordax telling him, well done. He's brought him that, brought him man at arms. He's like, and they're going to feed him to that, uh, the beast monster, which is, you know, of course, the big, you know, as we know, the puppet thing, but we know that big giant beast. So from there, this is what was cool. Earlier, you heard me mention about, you know, the gateway to Etheria. Well, if you remember the, uh, I'm sorry, not episode, if you remember the book, the golden book, the hard one, the Horde. Do you remember in the one part where the sorceress is making reference to the Vine Jungle and that there's there's a way that He-Man's going to get transported from the Vine Jungle to Etheria? But she said, have no fear. Like, he doesn't know what he's going to expect. And there was this one particular page where he they say, like, He-Man goes into the Vine Jungle 
suddenly he gets eaten by a, a plant or a vine or a plant monster. I forgot how they described it, but a plant monster. They said, now he's in Grizzlor's dungeon. And I always remember thinking, what the hell did they just say? Because in those golden books, the hardcover ones, they only showed one little panel, but of course had tons of dialogue to describe a lot of things happening. So they couldn't show this. So you've never seen they, it. Well, they do show it in Tila's Secret, in the gold, which is where where you're going with this. Yeah, I was, okay. Yeah, yeah. That That's, it, it looks, I showed it to Carson. He didn't like that look, so he came up with the one you see in this one. Okay, because I was going to lead up from that to Tila's Secret, because I was, oh, you're right. I'm gonna, sorry, damn it. I'm, no, I'm, that's okay. That's okay. Well, either way, you basically said it, then they've seen it. So in this one, you see a slightly different version, which is cool. You see them coming out of that, and he's He-Man's thinking Moss Man. Basically, you know, thank the Sorceress your affinity for plants, because they might have walked into the wrong plant. So I like, you know, that kind of happened. So now they're on Ethereum. And here's your other little homage. One thing I was going to ask about, too. Imp appears as kind of like a... Well, basically like a guide to tell them where to go. But of course, you know, he's telling them where to go and he knows they're all going to go into trouble. But they don't know that Imp's anything bad. But what is this form of Imp supposed to be? Is it a unique one? Because I've never seen it. It looks like a rock, but it doesn't look like the rock. Just a rock. <laughs> just, oh, okay. Just, just having to disguise himself as, you know, I'm sure a little floating little uh, pig uh, type character floating around would probably look a little off-putting as opposed to this, this talking rock that's, you know, right outside the... Oh, no. No, I guess... Yeah, because I was, I was saying I didn't know if it was a combination of things, because remember in the cartoon, we seen him as an actual rock, a bush, and so many other things that were standing. Yeah. So, but either way, it's a cool, different little rock version of Imp that's basically telling them where to go. On their way, there's a trail of, like, like dead warriors that are leading a trail and what was that homage to you said that was an homage to something as well yeah i i uh i referenced a couple of movies in this mini comic that one in particular is referencing the Beastmaster when uh dar uh comes upon um uh the city of arik um and when he comes down go, goes down the mountain and starts on the trail to Arik, you see all, I mean, the entire trail is set up with these poles of skeletons and, and decomposed humans lined up all the way down to Arik, all, all the way to where you get to the the actual gate. And it's a cool it's, homage, because I'm going to want you to show something when I get to another part. There is one scene I want you to show the fans again, because I, like I said, there's some cool parts I like this. I also want to say in the chat room, you know, thank you for everybody that's again talking and joining. And I see Cassandra Proc. Hey, Cassandra, thanks for joining us here. And also Peter Lane. So, and remember guys, listen, because there'll be a trivia question later and you can win a copy of this mini comic. But, okay, well, after the trail that they've taken and walked, they finally get to the Fright Zone. They see that Duncan and other warriors peasants or whatever are trapped in you know the gate of the fright zone as we know from that toy and hordak appears with leech he tells he-man tells cyclone and mossman you know you take care try to save them and obviously go after leech and i assume that yeah he-man was going to go after hordak as he-man takes a step snap he gets his foot caught in that trap that you know is just like from the place that which i love and you know hordak's like <laughs> predictable then you hear a grrr sound after that the big giant beast monster comes out and this is what's cool now uh, first let me describe it and then you got to show it your mind what you were thinking of karsten put this together perfectly when the beast monster comes out he-man takes his sword 
he shoves it right up into like the roof of the mouth of the beast monster. He-Man breaks his foot out of the crack of that rock. He jumps up in the air and then takes a double fist slam to the top of the head of the beast monster and the sword flies out covered in blood. It's the cool. You got to show the fans at least this because I love that damn scene. It was a... Is that, okay. does that well, go down first. I want them to wait, uh, slightly go down. Okay, stay right there. All right, as okay. fans, okay, now you start talking so the fans can see it. Okay, yeah, the uh, it, it initially what, what I was going for was the sword was supposed to be lodged in the beast monster's mouth, like he couldn't close his mouth all the way down, like referencing like when Luke's fighting the rancor, he throws that bone in its mouth and it can't close his jaw. Mm-hmm. That's what I was initially going for with this, but it works just as well the way Carson drew it. And I just, I, and then how he gets the sword back, that I, I just thought that looked, sounded cool. Like I, I just kind of thought, wouldn't be kind of yeah. cool if he jumped up on his head and just smashed the sword right out of his head. Exactly, because in the and bottom I, panel. But, but there's a death I could get away with. It's killing the beast monster. In exactly. If a death has been done before in Vintage Masters, so we can live with it. But I was going to say, go down with it a little bit. Oh, wait, I was going to say, if you can bring it back up, go down a little bit, and now go to your left, my right. Go to, or I'm sorry, go to your right, my left. Okay, and go down a little bit. All right, stop there. And if okay. you can, um, I'm going to want you to talk because they can see the sword has flown in the air, and then He-Man catches a bloody sword, but talks so they can see it. Yeah, uh, I, that was, uh, I... Carson's idea to add the extra blood there, so I have him to thank for that one, just to help help sell that yes, this this thing has been dismantled, you know, quite quickly. Um, probably wouldn't have been done back in 1985 by the you know uh, the writing and artists, uh, writers and artists back then who were doing these mini comics. Maybe could have gotten away with it in another canon or something, but I just uh, you know I. I'm like I said. I'm thinking of a lot of movies, a lot of movies I'm crazy about, and I'm I'm thinking about a lot of stuff. Uh, and I just, you know, I'm thinking like He Man, Conan the Barbarian kind of stuff. And I just thought him taking out this beast monster. I mean, well, because in in my opinion, the beast monster was never used legitimately in any of the mini comics. You know, he just would swallow Prince Adam, and sure enough, he's down in the fright zone, as opposed to using this thing that is fed people like the the peasant that shown earlier is you know it's it's a peasant farmer in my, in my eyes it was someone who couldn't pay his taxes so horde has him picked up brought to that location and and for absolute torture and punishment you know sets him down there and and and, that, and waits for the inevitable you know uh eaten alive you know right, just, well, i'll tell you, you what, know, i like that again just to let fans know i mean there has been death in Vintage Masters of the Universe. In the Sunbird Legacy, He-Man takes his sword and decapitates a gigantic snake with blood squirting out. So it's been shown in Vintage. So just in case some people thought it's never happened. But, you know, here's a funny little thing that in a way, you could say that's kind of what happened to the Beast Monster with almost everybody's vintage toy set. I, every fan that showed that puppet, almost every one of them, the top part of the puppet... Yeah. It's split right in the head, so it's kind of funny that you did that subconsciously. It's it's split. Well, right yeah, in the- and like I said, that, that that's it, that's a great tie into that because mine ended up doing the same thing. But it, it's <laughs> it's not like it's a big gaping hole with brains and stuff like that. It's it just got smashed up to the clear top of his head. And but I liked it. It's like He Man did a double 
It was just a double service. He shoved it into the head. He jumps up. He does a double axe handle onto the top of the head. The thing squirts out of the top of his head, covered in blood, and he catches it, soaked in blood. I just think, hey, it shows an edge. People like that kind of edge to He-Man, the barbaric stuff, the bloody thing. So, hell, you did get a little bit of killing blood, and it was a cool moment. I can honestly say I've never seen that kind of triple action of bang, boom, catch. That was good. I like how you and Karsten put that together between both of your heads. Uh, so, that, that that makes me feel good. I'm 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 just so thrilled because that was the one thing I, I thought. If anybody gets pissed off about something, it's He-Man killing and killing the Beast Monster. But I'm I like, don't think they will. I yeah. don't think. I think that just looks so damn good. I mean that that was cool. That's original, and plus that's what so many fans say they love and want. They said they want a more barbaric He-Man. Not that they're wanting him to decapitate Skeletor and Merman. And no, no, because hell, I don't want to yeah. see that. But exactly, but Beast. That, yeah. That's different story. exactly he disposed of the be hell the beast monster was going to kill him so i guess you know the beast monster got got so well after that he gets the bloody sword comes down he gives leech a punch straight to the jaw with a nice a good glowing fist effect i don't know if he was well, summoning that, the that power was, of the thunder punch i did to do the thunder punch and, and it's weird i just said the thunder punch so i guess i knew where yeah, he was gonna stop talking over you that's weird I, yeah i just said it the thunder punch and so yeah after that they get all the men free them. And, of course, then they're running. They're going back to the, the plants so they can get back in. But they're saying, even with this defeat, they're still coming. They're still coming, aren't they? And they says, you know, even on this planet, the Horde is a threat to all of eternity. We must prepare for the inevitable. And then, of course, it closes. They're sucked back. After that, you see a defeated uh, leech laying down. Here comes Grizzlor and with Hordak. And Grizzlor's telling, I mean, Hordak's telling Grizzlor, help him get him up. And he was like, he's basically going to have something that he wants Grizzlord to do. And he's like, and it's time we destroy my true enemy Skeletor, which is going to lead into what's that going to lead into, basically? What were you insinuating? Another? I, I was making this a prequel to the Hordak, uh, the Ruthless Leader's uh, Revenge mini-comic, which is that those last two panels is referencing, which ties right into the opening of the Hordak mini comic at the same same location at yeah. night, and because Grizzlor is the one that goes on the mission through the portal because it's has a bit, uh, the portals don't just open up whenever the, it's it's a big deal. And I had a Hordak use uh, reference his wraiths is a 2000x reference to 2000x fans who love the wraiths. I'm like they're not shown here. They're not. It's just reference. If you get it, you get it. So. But that's that's what that is is tying that in because I I just I love that many comics so much I'm like why not make this a direct tie into that just leading right up to those events. Bill only got the idea that you know the horde is steadily making small appearances on Eternia and leading up to you know the big uh, climax of them teaming up with Skeletor, invading Grayskull, and then turning on each other. Yeah, well, Instead it- of the the upcoming adventures where the horde become the next big threat like say they are coming they're not here yet but they are coming well it was like i said it was a great ending to a lead-in i wanted to say one thing peter lane in the chat room he's brought up something that i always brought up too you know and this is about another comic and it was about the glorm in the one you know uh texera mini comic where he slashes the glorm across the ship and i always said trust me i said he's laying in the other panel down i was like 
He-Man killed him, and I'm sure if they were allowed, there would have been blood splatters, but there was probably, they said, nope, don't show the blood, but I was like, yeah, he killed Anglorm, because somebody was, oh, no, he didn't kill him, he just, you know, swiped at him, and he fell down, I was like, no, I guarantee that was supposed to be a death, so Peter, absolutely agree with you, yes, he killed the Glorm, so yes, He-Man's killed before, but Tyler, like I said, I want to commend you, that was, it was a great mini-comic, yes, there was a couple grammatical errors, but that happens with the other things, but it was a good story you told. I love all the homages to everything from references from cartoons to other books, other mini comics. And the addition of that, like I said, that sword kill was, it was a cool addition to something to a <laughs> mini comic you don't usually see, but it added a spice. It added an edge to He-Man. It didn't take away from the story, but you had a good story that went nonstop and it kept going with something of at least things being told, action happening, you know, beginning to an end, but not nonsense, meaning I don't know what's going on. Because I've said before, when I read the original Leech mini-comic, sometimes like, well, why did this happen? Why did this happen? Why is Leech yeah. this big? I didn't question anything. Like I said, sure, at the beginning, I questioned, okay, why didn't they go after Leech? But I understand what you're saying. They felt outnumbered, like, hey, they, this is a new threat. Let's kind of get our troops together and see what's going to go on, especially if we go after him and go for the rest of the Horde. We're going to need backup. So, yes, and that's their way of obviously getting He-Man, too, to come join. I, I, I completely get what you're, 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 you're saying with that, too. I mean, yes. I mean, it, it, I mean it, it's – and really, that whole scene, too, that came out of watching Return of Swamp thing, where there is a leech monster attacking these government agents in the swamp, and before it uh, kills the last one, Swamp Thing comes out and just beats the hell out of him. I, I, if I, if I could do it a lot longer, I probably would have thrown in a fight between Mossman and Leech in the in the swamp waters, where they're just beating the hell out of each other. But you know, I, you know, like Carson wanted to keep it within the fourteen pages, like the original mini comic, right. so I have to have to shorten that. But that that's what I was going for with that. Yeah, it doesn't make much sense for them not to engage in that fight. But it's He Man's story. We got to get He Man involved here. So. um yeah, but your your point is valid. I, I, okay. I, I, you know, absolutely. One other quick thing: the the comic itself, d- dimension wise, is it the same dimensions as an original vintage mini comic? Is it just slightly bigger than an original mini comic? I mean, okay. may, may, I mean, I uh, don't have one with me. I have one in. The, oh wait, hang on a second here. I think okay. I, yeah, I got one right here. All right, because I know there's a lot of fans that sometimes have uh, cases. They are you know like slip cases they get all their comics in so let's see okay it's bigger it almost reminds me of the size of the um aren't the classics um mini comics bigger too for the classic figures if you here too hang on a second i'm having a feeling that that might be closer to a classic size i thought those might be okay here we go yeah i was thinking it was autograph for me all right, yeah, that's why it'll be good. At least it gives people a perspective of having all three of one and what's going on. But let's see. Oh yes, actually, it's just a hair smaller than the I'm, class. Anyhow. I'm good at eyeballing stuff. Let's see. Okay, then yeah, so it's almost close to that. Okay, good. I thought my eyes were pretty good with me there. So, so. it's it's a it's an in between. It's the median of vintage and classic mini comics. All right, well that's great. So now. Again, fantastic comic. I want fans to get ready because if you can dual screen and also if you want, just in case you might know the answer to this, I just want you to prepare to go to, remember, if you haven't already on Facebook, Fans the Power, that's our Facebook page, 
if you go to Fans of Power on Facebook, and if you're the first to just post on our page the answer to this trivia question I'm going to do, you'll win a copy of that mini comic. Because like I said, I'd, I wanted to I'd rather the fans out there have a chance of owning this great piece. I mean, Tyler sent me the message to me. I mean, I mean the pictures to me here. So like I said, I'd rather you guys have uh, the chance to win this awesome mini comic. So here comes my trivia question. Remember, don't answer it here. Answer on fans of power on Facebook. My question is, we know there's a lot of lore of masters of the universe and princess of power from cartoons, books, mini comics, all sorts of lore. In one particular piece of Masters of the Universe, Princess of Power lore, Grizzlor blasts energy at Leech, and Leech uses a shield to block that blast of energy. If you can be the first person to tell me where this came from, and you answer on Fans of Power with that answer, you'll win that mini-comic. So again, Grizzlor is shooting a blast of energy at Leech, and Leech takes a shield to block that blast of energy. If you know that answer, you're the first to one to do it and post it on Fans of Power Facebook page, you'll win that mini comic. And so, I, I send you the copy free with all you got to do is send us your, your mailing address. I'll take care of the rest. I just want you to enjoy the mini comic. So this will be the first one we give away. I'll give away another one next week. And then the, I, I've got an, uh, copies to give away for some consecutive weeks. And if you don't want to wait, and try and win a free one. You can if you want. But if you'd like to purchase one for $8, you need to contact Karsten at I want a He-Man comic at AOL.day. D-E. And okay. you, can get, you can get in touch with him uh, about that, about getting a copy uh, right away if you don't want to wait. Or you can try your luck at each. I'll have a, a question next week. I've already got mine lined up. So well, I we'll be tell- doing the same well, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, go but ahead. Tom Charlton said he can't find the Facebook page. If you go to Facebook, just type in Fans of Power Podcast. If you type that in, that should definitely bring up the page. If you do that in a search, it should come up. So Fans of Power Podcast. Each of those are separate words. You type that in on Facebook, it should bring up our Facebook page. So uh, hopefully that that should do it. And yeah, because I just want to make sure because I think they said, uh, oh no, it wasn't eighty dollars, uh, Christopher. Christopher Dahlberg said eighty dollars. No, eight, eight dollars, no. eight, eight, eight. After you know the number that comes after seven, the number of four nine. God no, we wouldn't. I, I, hell, I, I couldn't charge eighty dollars for anything. <laughs> yeah, eight, yeah, eight dollars. So eight dollars, you know, eight, eight dollars here. There you go. All right. Okay. Well. Well, again, uh, I did. I really did enjoy it, Tyler. Like I said, I of course gave you my honest critiques because that's that's what I always do. And no, it was good. This was something that yes, I would have preferred much more to have compared to the one that we actually got back in the eighties. Yeah, I'd love to rewrite the Mantana one. Um, Carson wants me to rewrite the Cosmic Key, which is teased in this particular mini comic. That's the one we're going to do next. Okay. Um, and Carson's idea. Um, uh, just to kind of give you an idea of what we're thinking, he want, wanted me to write multiple because my idea for the Cosmic Key mini comic was, was to do make it as a prequel to the movie. To that, this little fourteen page mini comic would help set up certain things that you would see, in, or that you wouldn't see, but would because in the movie the the battle and everything is just already taking place. So 
I wanted the cosmic key that would come with Blade, Sword, and Gwildor to be a, you're going to see all this stuff, but to find out what happens, the kids would have to go see the movie. So if you saw the movie and you read the mini comic, you would say, okay, I know how that happened. I know what happened there. That's that's my idea for doing the cosmic key is to reference certain things that are mentioned in the movie, but will play out more in the cosmic key. And we we may do it over uh, three mini comics to do a blade mini comic, a sword mini comic, a Gwildor mini comic, you know, okay, uh, or just do all one big one. I know Carson really wants to do multiples, so we'll. Uh, I'm I'm working on one of them as we speak. Okay, all right, well. Well, hopefully, like I said, we'll see who's going to win this. And now we're going to do the part where a lot of you fans, like I said, we're glad we're doing. Some might question, but, you know, hey, if you join with us the way we're going to do it, then you can watch and listen to us at the same time. What we're going to do now is dual screen if you can or if you have a DVD player. You can go onto YouTube. Like I said, what I did right now is I split screen my screen. I have the one where I can watch us on the podcast and all the chat. And then right next to it, I have the actual YouTube video for The New Adventures of He-Man, Episode 1, A New Beginning. It's right there on YouTube. And what we do is we do a live commentary. So Tyler usually cues us up once everybody, you know, we think we're all ready. He counts us down. And then when he says three, two, one, zero, we hit play. We start watching and we comment or, you know, do our commentary. But, well, again, I'll be giving my honest opinion about this first episode, too. And, uh. We'll see what you think, because, you know, there's lovers, there's haters, but the more you watch it, hopefully you can enjoy it a little more. So, Tyler, you go ahead, and I'll pass it to you and tell them what to do. All right. I'm, uh, I'm watching this one on YouTube as well, so I'll just count down from three, and then on uh, the word play, just hit your play button. Three, two, one, play. Okay, it's that oh, right. opening sequence. I always thought it was pretty, uh, pretty badass. I... When I first seen uh, when I first seen this again, because I didn't experience this as a kid, just to let everybody know, it was not on in the area I was at. So I first experienced this on DVD. I thought, what in God's name is going on? I mean, his voice sounded so weird. He looks it, it looked like a Bible cartoon. I can't stress this enough. Every time I seen this, I felt like God. I'm looking at like one of those Bible cartoons that came on at six in the morning before you watch the real cartoons on Saturday. You know, Saturday mornings. It looked like that. So this was very weird to me. So I had to, like I said, watch this multiple times. But it's it's grown on me. And like you said, when you look at the animation, I mean, they really are doing a lot of different animations, jumpings. You know, it looks intense. But first time, it was awkward. <laughs> I'm just being honest. It was awkward. I, I, I saw it on VHS. It was a an odd VHS because it combined three episodes and there was no break. It, it broke from this episode and it, it wasn't the entire episode. Like I was for what we're seeing right here. All this was not on VHS. It, it started immediately at the Nordor, uh, uh, outer space, uh, uh, base. Okay. All this stuff, Kaz and Drissy was not involved in the VHS and I didn't see this till DVD. So, huh. you know, uh, yeah, I, a lot of this is new to me, at least when it, when it came to DVD. And um, but I, uh, I it's obviously this is setting up Primus and and the kind of uh, the the mindset of this planet that's constantly under attack all the time. But um, you know, it's I think it's a great stepping off point for the show 
um, not every episode is nowhere near as good as this episode, of course, but, um, and I, I get, yeah, it, it's, and it's, I mean, all the villains look great. I, I find, I, I, I would argue with anybody that if they don't like certain looks of characters, you can't deny that here we are with Flog, Slushhead, the mutant troopers entering their, 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 their pods. And, uh, I mean, they all look great. We're going to see Optic and Hoove here. There's Optic. I always thought he looked cool. And uh, Hoove. Yeah, I thought Optic looked a little weird when I first seen him. I was like, wow. But I also remember when, I, again, first time seeing this, I was like, I was thinking, what is... It was just hard to process because I could picture being a kid being so used to, you know, of course, you know, we're used to filmation, many comics, other stuff. You see all this, you're wondering... Is this happening now? Where's Skeletor? Where's He-Man? What is going on? So eventually, yes, we start after it passes and goes along with a little bit of the story. Then we see what happens. But I remember being so lost. I didn't. I just didn't know what was happening. I thought maybe that that guy that they showed, you know, Flog. I was like, is that supposed to be Skeletor? You know, I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on. So it was. It was different. But uh, then you start seeing all this stuff here and. Uh, yeah, it was it was just weird. It was uh I guess, you know, just a, a shock value for you know to the eyes. I, I think, you know, and obviously because everything gets a full makeover, I think the and that's what I want to emphasize the most about people who like to, you know, take dumps on uh, on new adventures is that I, I can under, uh, look look Mari here clearly looks like she came out of Hanna Barbera Bible stories. Yes. I, I yes, there's no argument there. And wasn't Acarius there? Wasn't he supposed to be going on a date with uh, Drizzy or I, something? Or... He had a date with the Bible chick, yeah. Yeah. Here's Master Cerebrian looking like, you know, like, you know, clearly a, uh, like an, an apostle or some, someone who was at the Last Supper. And so, man, it felt very Bible-like, you know, when you were comparing to some Which of the... Maybe what they were going for, I have no idea, you know, because, you know, it's... We, we do get to see a lot more hands-on, you know, weapon-to-weapon fighting and stuff like in this cartoon. But, you know, it's... um. I'll take a well, figure. I also emphasize that this is an extremely peaceful planet inhabited by very, uh, I guess, polite people. They don't believe in violence and fighting and war, so they're going to look, you know, very humble-like. So maybe making them look like Bible character cart or Bible characters from a cartoon helps kind of push that idea. And, here he is with the the council about what we can do about stopping the mutants from attacking because they will break through the shield at some point. But um, yeah, felt like it was their version of the council of elders for me. I felt like, hey, they kind of yeah, yeah. yes, pretty much yes. It's, it's I think that's what they were going for in this. It's it's the premise, the story, and the characters. Yes, maybe the execution could have been done better a lot of times, and the visuals could be done better for a lot of the he- heroic characters. Not necessarily the Galactic Guardians; they all look great. But I would a lot take- of the support. Honestly, I would take a fig- I'd take a figure of Master Severian. I think they could actually. Oh, oh yeah, that, that's a character. I'm like, I love love to have a Master Severian character. Yeah, I'd be curious to see. Absolutely. How they- yeah, yeah, he would he would actually be pretty cool. I don't know if they could reuse his book for many other characters, maybe, but uh, it'd still be cool. Like I said, it, oh, it, I'd sign yeah. up for seven. You put Master Severian in one of your uh, one of four sets. So you, you you bet your ass I'll be buying that one. Yeah, yeah. So it could be, uh, it'd be pretty cool, and especially if, uh, you know, they maybe even gave you kind of like a 
head packs for what they looked like in the cartoon for the new adventures figures compared to the actual vintage figures so you could have like a couple different options of having toy version cartoon version because as yeah. you can see there is for some of them quite a difference especially when it comes to skeletor he looks quite different in this cartoon than his uh vintage toy did well yeah the vintage toy looks a lot more menacing than the actual cartoon interpretation um and we have hydron and flipshot uh setting up our our basic duo of heroes that was featured in the first wave of the toy line, which makes sense to make these two very prominent because that's who was available when this toy line came out. They were the only two heroes besides him you could buy. Oh, and here comes the the the, mo the biggest downfall of the cartoon. <laughs> Jackass scientists that were supposed to be the wonderful comic relief. Now, see, unlike Orko, where Orko felt very important and didn't, he really didn't annoy me. I, I know he annoyed a lot of oh, other people, possibly. Maybe one is going to say Orko and Snarf for irritating. They haven't these, seen these two four schmucks, or these four schmucks here, you know? These guys are, are quite annoying. I always did wonder, though, why Hydron. I was like, why are you putting on your helmet? You're not going underwater, but is that for outer space breathing? I didn't know. I just. I, I mean, he always, always to me, looked like a scuba diver, but like with certain characters, they're always going to wear their gimmick gear at all times, whether it's plausible to be wearing it or not. So I guess you could say it's out of, but he clearly is, he's got webbed, you know, he's got like the scuba boot, uh, the, the uh, flippers on his uh, flipper boots. So he clearly has like a, a, a scuba diving look. Yeah. Yeah. And just but, like he said, those scientists just, Way too many. It's like God. I mean, I can't. I can't stomach one, and they made four. It's like, why would you make four yeah. of these? And, and they don't really look like scientists at all. One of them looks like you know the eunuch from Game of Thrones. One of them looks like some sort of silk merchant, and the other two just look like I. I, I mean, they don't look like scientists at all. The short, fatter one almost looked like some kind of demented ripoff of Orko with glasses and goofy hair. He looked like he was just yeah. some kind of twisted ripoff of Wildor. I don't know, but. Yeah. And the other one looks like some sort of like science teacher or something like that from, from biblical times. Yep. See, how many times have we seen? I said biblical, you're saying, like I said, I think there must have been some very biblical in influences. I yeah, think. I think it was probably done intentional. Yeah, maybe, maybe. And see, it's the thing. When I was a kid, I did not like, I didn't like waking up and seeing the Bible stuff in cartoons before my other cartoons. Like, oh, man, I just like wanted to go back to sleep or go eat my bowl of cereal, then come back and say, okay, where's the good stuff? Because that stuff turned my head off, just like Raggedy Ann and Andy. I was like, okay, I'm not watching this. I, I, I didn't mind Raggedy Ann and Andy when, when that was on. I, I, it was I part, part of the lineup, so I just kind of sit through and watch it. And I'm like, eh, it's fine. <sighs> yeah, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. But all right, well, now they're going to search for somebody that's going to help them. And hopefully then this will at least get people to what we're maybe going to – like I said, it's some interesting parts. Some parts I did like. Other parts, of course, I questioned again. But again, more I watched it, eh. <laughs> it just so people know, this character coming up named Andros is not Goatman. It's not Goatman. Of course, I'm wondering, I was like, okay, they're on Eternia now and in the past or whatever. It's like, where's Beastman? Where's, where's Triclops? Where's Merman? What is this? Who is this guy? I've never seen him before. One quick thing. Um, I think, yeah. Tom Charlton said if Jesus and his disciples fought Skeletor, he said he'd watch it. So, oh, I would I, I'd love to see Jesus kick Skeletor's ass. <laughs> so, all right, so that's it. Yeah, and you said that's Andros? That's his name? Andros, yeah. All right, well, hell, we got a goat, maybe they do it. And now here comes this to me again. First time was, damn, I was like, what? Huh? 
I was like, this is, how is this He-Man? Because I assumed he would get the He-Man look in the future. Because I seen the mini-comics before I seen the cartoon. The mini-comics had quite a unique way of doing it. Because the mini-comics showed him as the He-Man we know. But when he went to the future, he got this different look. So when I seen this immediately, I was like, huh? And I was like, oh, wait, that's the Sorceress. Huh? Maybe for the future it could be the Sorceress or some weird demented thing. I don't know. My brain just explodes sometimes. Well, I mean, it makes sense from an animation standpoint. You know, you're trying to save money on animation, so you're just going to have He-Man with his new look and not try to, you know. I mean, they to give him credit, Jack Alesker does wrap up. And look, they at least tried. They kind of gave a, a Snake Mountain outer appearance there yeah. to somewhat give an appearance. But then here comes these guys. And when I seen Skeletor again, I was like, Rome. Yeah, I was like, okay, he's got the bone thrown, but I was like, what in the hell is up with Skeletor and eyes? He's got eyeballs. He, he looks he, the way. He's, it, it, again, it was hard. It was hard to accept. I, I tried to get more used to it, but it's like he was. I felt like over the top, joking and psychotic, but it fit his character. I mean, it was like he was a little extra twisted, but it wasn't frightening in any means. He wasn't frightening. He was just. Like, out of his rocker, I felt. He f- I felt like he was just completely nuts. Like, I thought he was addressing the guards. Yeah, and there's something about Skeletor's personality. I'm not saying it would not be the one that I would choose, but I do find it enjoyable because that's a personality I don't like to see in my villains. However, as I've gotten as as, as a kid, I, I bought every bit of it. I didn't question a single thing visually why Skeletor has got eyes now. I, I bought because I had the toys first, then I saw the cartoon. I just bought a hook, line, and sinker. So everything that we're seeing here, um, I didn't question at all. I just I wanted Hydro on the flip shot. I wanted you know the everybody. So um, I, so I just experienced them together again. I told you I never knew the cartoon. Well, I mean, this is the same time when I'm still renting the He Man VHS tapes. I'm seeing it on USA at eight o'clock in the morning. Filmation is very, very deep in my mind at that at this point when I'm when I'm seeing this cartoon and toys for the first time, and I just like more He-Man cartoons, more He-Man toys. Give me. Yeah, I just for whatever reason didn't have the luxury in my area. I never see. I told you my first experience was the toys, and I remember when I told you my quest for Eldor and Hero that I seen in the catalog that never happened. And one day these toys were on the shelf. I said, "What are these abominations? These ain't my toys." But I didn't know there was a cartoon to link it. Maybe if I seen this cartoon when I was a kid in conjunction with the toys, it could have gave me a first off, you know, interpretation or I guess uh, you know, thought of it to be different. But immediately I was like, "Wow." And this, when I seen this Prince Adam, I was like, "I don't get it. He looks like a shepherd or something." But then I thought, "Hey, yeah, it doesn't look much of a well, I mean, I mean, he looks like he could pass for a shepherd or someone from medieval times, of course. But not a prince. He's not very princely. At least the king and not queen. Not really, no. Yeah, his king, and, uh, king Randor and Queen Marlena. At least they look close, even yeah, though king they looks, looks almost like filmation spot on. Yeah, and even Marlena minus the crazy colored hair. But this is what I like. I like what he does here. So he finally transforms in front of his parents, and it's like they felt like they always kind of knew. But I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah at, least, at least they're trying to acknowledge that we were wrapping up what kids had watched for so long on filmation so we can move on to this. So, you know, you got to give them credit for at least they're trying to provide some continuity. Say that story is over with, not that we, because Jack Lester wanted to come back to returning for season two. So at least initially it's wrapped up and we're going to move into the future with this brand new storyline with this new cast of heroes and villains. Yeah. 
And tell them, of course, what Skeletor is trying to do with Flipshot and Hydron, trying to convince them. Trying to do them that he's the, the, the great hero, the great power that they were coming to look for in the past. And, of course, it works well because Hydron and Flipshot don't know who they're looking for, which is a great plot device. So it could look like Skeletor. It could look like He-Man. We don't know. We're desperate. We're running out of time. And I, I love this, that He-Man and Skeletor are getting ready to duke it out. And Hydron and Flipshot don't, don't give a damn. We're like, just take them both. We don't have time yeah. to think about it. And also like that, in a way, the only thing that was kind of cool, interesting about that aspect is don't judge a book by its cover. Just because Skeletor looks like the evil one doesn't mean he is. And just because yeah. He-Man looks like a good guy doesn't mean he's good. You know, you're right. You don't know who you're coming after. So you better, like you said, take them both. It's, it's a great way of getting Skeletor into the future and leave everything behind. And now he's got to kind of start over and, you know, establish himself as as the main bad guy, which is an interesting dynamic when he gets to the future and meets Flog and the mutants. Um as they're leaving Eternia right now. Now they're going into the the future. And I don't know how far in the future they were supposed to be going. Was that ever really stated how far in the future? I, I, it's hard to say, but I, I you'd almost feel like it's such a Deep, but almost in like in a different galaxy, almost like not not nowhere even near Eternia at all. I just I because yeah, like... it's not like they're going they're not going to future Eternia. Some people thought that no, that's not the case. They're not going no, to a future. To an entirely different planet. You yes. know, it's yeah, it's Primates, I, right? always yeah. a different galaxy. And I always like this when the door opens, they come around and clash, and then they come chasing out. Oh, that was so much fun! <laughs> exactly. And now they're like, where the hell are we? And and, and I like this because Skeletor and him are even looking at each other like they're not fighting. They're they're just kind of taking it back. Like where the hell are we? Right. They're I guess all kind of having their Leslie Nielsen moment from Naked Gun. They have no clue. Yeah. Where now they look at each other like oh, okay, or, or what's we're new people and here here come these these pods, these flight pods chasing after, which leading up to one of my favorite moments of, of, of what you know has always been so memorable to me as a kid. But because um, they were finally able to break through to get in, because that they always had that you know dome that protected them from the mutants. And of course, Skeletor doesn't really. He's like, okay, I'm going to show you who. I, yeah, I like this. He decides, well, time to show you who I really am, and attempts <laughs> to kill them all. And exactly. Another thing you see that I've noticed in this series too that was quite different is you see more of He-Man and the use of his sword doing things yeah. compared to He-Man because you know we're used to more of He-Man and strength and here He-Man and everything he lifts but in this it's him using his sword almost for everything and, and I, I love the use of the power sword in this from everything it does I mean I it just it was a cool design too nothing's gonna be filmation I know but I love the new adventure sword I think it looks awesome and I had it as a kid. I got it right now. So I got Skeletor Skull Staff over here too. Yeah, and this is like the, and it's more about the way of the magic and everything. It's a, yeah. See, because that's what you're gonna get from this He-Man for people who'll be watching. You're you're definitely getting a different type of version. Meaning it's more hands-on with the sword compared to the strength. Compared to Inflammation, it was more of him punching and lifting and throwing. And yes, he uses sword for deflecting stuff, but this He-Man uses it quite a bit more so that was another thing to get used to if you're expecting to and it doesn't have the impactful music i guess that's another thing i'm used to well using. right here th this this was impactful to me right now when the mutant showed me you got karate hoob and slush head i, I got just to see them all oh, oh my god like who are these guys and they all attack he-man at once 
And it, let me tell you, five years old, this sequence I rewatched multiple times. As brief as it is, I just thought it was so, even my brother thought this was awesome. And that's why I wish I could have experienced that as a kid, because just like with the Masters of the Universe toys, anytime a new figure came out, you lost your mind. You loved seeing new figures. So I could picture if I was watching a cartoon to see a whole new group of characters that could have been interesting to tie with something. But like I said, just things did not work in my favor of how everything flowed. So I didn't get to experience this like how many well, I'm other I, I think a lot of people who probably like you who saw this as a kid in the stores didn't take to it because of the drastic changes. Whereas, you know, I just, you know, I, I, I'd like to think that I probably would have had limits as to what I would accept as a new He-Man toy and cartoon. And this, this met my satisfaction. I I, I think it's like they say, you know, sometimes they say to promote sometimes a toy or something, they always wished and they'd like to have a cartoon because they want something for kids to relate to. So, Oh, and this part, this was (laughs) Okay. You know, he's turning back into Prince Adam. And, of course, Master Severin is going to say that he's going to be known as his nephew. This is the part that drove me nuts through the whole entire thing. Compared to the mini-comic, I felt which got it right because Skeletor seeing that Prince Adam was He-Man and, bam, he was just permanently He-Man in the mini-comics New Adventures, which was awesome. This one, I'm like, what is the point of a secret identity? Why, Why does he have to be known as... Okay, here's the thing. If Skeletor sees Prince Adam, he's seen him as Prince Adam before. If he sees this, is he going to say, oh, wait, that's Prince Adam. Wait a second, Prince Adam's He-Man. It's like, there's no need for a secret identity. I hated that factor of this. I wish that they would have just left him as He-Man because there's not even a need for the Prince Adam character in this storyline. Well, and and I, yes, that's extremely plausible. It makes sense. And, and, like the the many comics, there is no more Prince Adam. Prince Adam is is no more essentially in the many comics. But this, I, I think, they're try, still trying to maintain that superhero secret identity thing, just for the sake for the you know for the what kids are somewhat familiar with and, and maintaining that that popular idea into this. No, it doesn't work as well. No, it does not. It does not make sense. And Skeletor, we all like the thing is a hell of a lot more brighter. Right, right. You know, he could, yes, easily figure that out. And I think it's ballsy to have Skeletor and Prince Adam duke it out. And Prince Adam pretty much says, and just reveals it right there on the spot. And Skeletor says, you, you know, I, that's brilliant. And I wish they had done that in this. It would have worked better. I, and I did even like how Skeletor there, he kind of like acts like he's going to let Flog be the one that leads the way, you know, well, Skeletor. And that's yeah. cool too, because Skeletor, yeah. he's going to manipulate Flog, which is what he does throughout the series, pretending to be second in command, but he's always pulling the string. He's manipulating Flog with every plan. So essentially Skeletor is in charge, but you know, kind of standing back to avoid any kind of confrontation and winning, winning over the mutants uh, to, to do his, uh, you know, favor bidding. And uh, yeah, I like it. I like how he tries to take that back seat, but of course, you know, he's going to try to be the guy that does anything and everything anyways, you know, later on. That's all. Yeah. His, yeah. And, he, and a lot of times he is in charge and there is no, you know, you know, uh, boosting Flog's ego in front of his troops to, oh, no, no, you're still, but he does do that on a few occasions in this series by saying, oh, no, 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 Flog, this is your plan. I, I back you fully on this. Yeah. It's an interesting dynamic. Is it executed always as good with the dialogue and stuff? No. Yeah, it, it takes some, you know, 
just it, like, there's like, a lot of good material here is what we want to emphasize no a, a lot of it is some of it's hard to stomach i yes i understand that but it's the story that's trying to be told here that's what makes it so interesting yeah because i i, I feel like there's a good story to be told here with He-Man and Skeletor going to the future and meeting all these new heroes and villains and fighting. It can, still can be done, right? There's a lot of great stuff. Yeah. So you know? just to let fans know, I mean, you know, like, give them more of a chance because it took me a bit to get past episode five. But as I started getting past five, then it just, it kind of grows on you because it's, it's a, you know, continuing story, like to say continuity. So it's kind of always connecting. It's not like just random different episodes, but there's continuity. You do have to get past the first five because in those you see quite a bit of change for Skeletor. I mean, he's changed at least his look two, three different times is like he has big white eyes. Then he has no eyes. Then he's glowing red eyes. It's like, what is going on? It's like, it kind of can get to you. It irritates you. But then as it keeps going and evolving, you're seeing newer characters introduced. They try to do a little homage to things from the past. Tila even appearing in a certain episode. Not looking like the Tila we know, but as they was told, they might have been given reference photos of She-Ra for, you know, drawing. So it might have been a little confusion when they drew her. They had maybe She-Ra in mind, not realizing that they should have been drawing Tila. So there was a weird little combination of a She-Ra-Tila, but it still was cool to see it still make a cool ass figure but the series came drawn you just like the toys now as adults and as collectors i see so many people going back saying i like those vintage toys they're actually kind of cool yeah. because you, yeah i mean if, if there's one one thing you, you have to pull away from this is, is the toys and the visual designs of these characters i mean yeah I'm, I'm not gonna as i've said before you know i told joe it's hard, it's hard selling the cartoon but if you look at you know what where I got them? Oh, right over here, like you know, karate, flog, optic, slushhead, hoove, butthead, staghorn. You know what I can give credit Rita. for? This is what I mean, and that I give credit for those vintage toys. They had all different sculpts. Meaning yeah. the the Masters of the Universe figures we had, yes, the gigantic percentage of them all used the same kind of buck and legs. And yes, they started getting different ones as well, but it was basically the same type buck and buck style. But I, could, I applaud them for all the different looks and sculpts and unique type of interpretations each figure had. So as an adult, I can see that now. As a kid, I couldn't. Plus, like I said, I didn't see the cartoon. I had so much initial hate for everything. But And, and the figures know. themselves, like the legs and lower body were, were you know, they, they were multi-joined. You can move the legs and knees. More articulation, yeah. More, yeah, there's more articulation. They, the action features worked quite good. There were slick-looking figures. They all look great. And... They look great men on car. They look great loose, and they would look all look wonderful. Classic eyes, you know, to get Ko and Visor and Nocturna and Hoove. We're getting Quake. Quake is on the way. I, I was so thankful that Quake that they decided to make Quake because I knew he would look extremely badass in classics. And you know, uh, you know, you don't have to like the cartoon to not say that these characters, heroes and villains, both don't look awesome. You know, I mean, when you watch Cyclone and Mossman and Too Bad and Spiker on the Filmation cartoon, are they giving great appearances? Hell no. But I love the characters, you know. So I can't sit there and say, overall, the character sucks because he wasn't depicted very well in the cartoon. I'm like, dude, the toy is no comparison to the lackluster appearances of them in the Filmation cartoon. Same thing goes here. You know, they visually, they look awesome. Karate being my favorite. Always has been since I saw that first episode. Um, wanted to know more about him and everything. Um, it just just looks cool, you know. Yeah, 
Yeah, so again, I think people from out, you know, out there, you go ahead and watch more of these episodes. You'll you'll enjoy it more. Hell, if you don't have any of those vintage toys, you can find them on eBay. They're pretty cool. I mean, one of my favorites is Sagittar. I love the gimmick of that big son of a gun because yeah. you know, he can stand up, but then he goes into almost like it's like he's well a horse, a centaur warrior. And seeing him in the cartoon, he yes looks quite different all the characters in the cartoon look different from the toys but either way i like that character and that's one i'm really hoping to see in classics is a big old sagittar that would be one wicked classic well, and, 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 and like just like sagittar every, i think everybody can agree tuscador looked i mean the the yeah badass i mean just you, you can't if do you feel like that you'll like artilla who is you know a cyborg with all you know weapons and you've got nocturna and visor ko you know, Sagittarius, of, of course, is going to look amazing, and the rest of the mutants that have not been made yet. I mean, it's 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 foolish to not think the rest of this line would look awesome, just because everybody likes to immediately cling to, oh, that's part of New Adventures. I I'm told I'm not supposed to like that kind of stuff. Do you know? Have you seen these characters before? No. You know, it's it's. I, and maybe I, this I, could be the first time. mind in this, I I get. Yeah, and also. Classics could, for the first time could give us another character we never had. Maybe, hey, Mumra has Mamut. We could get Gur for Skeletor, yeah. his little demon dog. I love that little crazy looking dog. I think that would be another little wicked little extra to throw in for classics. So there's so that, much potential. I love the mutant troopers that are used that look like stormtroopers. They look awesome. I love Army that. builders. Yeah, an army builder with the mutant troopers to stand behind Flog and the mutants. I mean, God, there's just so much stuff I, I would absolutely love to see done and. Just yeah. show you people there is no reason why classes can't go on for another solid 10 years. Oh, it could keep going. And you know what? I, I appreciate, appreciate every single one of you in the chat room because it looks like, you know, for people who kind of maybe didn't like New Adventures and for the ones that loved it, it seems like everybody universally is saying, you know, they can agree. Are, are they saying things. positive things? Are they saying that? Some are saying, yeah, it was, you know, things might not have been perfect. They said, but yeah, the more you watch, it can get better. People are saying they'd love to see Sagittar for classics. Tuscador was a pretty neat looking figure. It was a great figure. So, I mean, it was, man, I, I really love having every one of you in the chat room. And I hope you join us again next week for this because, like yeah. I said, that's what we love to do. We love trying to give, you know, respect to every part of all the lore of Masters, Pop, New Adventures, I mean, everything. Or Princess of Power, I'm sorry, Master Universe, Princess of Power, New Adventures. Every single bit of it, we just like to give respect to it all because it all deserves to be spoken of. Yeah, it's, we're not trying to say this that you must like the cartoon. I, I'm trying to emphasize that it's a fun story. Like, even if you just look at the mini comics, the idea of He-Man and Skeletor going off and meeting new new creatures and things like that, and then that's why I loved Emiliano's uh, Homecoming so much was because it, it tied into coming Everything. back, happening during the new adventures. Even the movie. Okay. They brought the movie back. in. Yeah, tying in events to the movie and all that stuff. I mean, it, it's, it was paying paying respect to everything. And I, 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 just, I always found that to be quite fascinating because I'd love to, to see what would have happened, like with He-Man coming back with the Galactic Gardens and Skeletor coming back with the mutants and, and reclaiming snake mountain would there be somebody you know would it be left vacant for skeletor to come back or would you know the evil warriors decide to take it over themselves and here comes skeletor with this new band of you know uh mutants that like who, skeletor went and got new guys you know he, he's he's turned on all of us you know well hell we're not giving the snake mountain back there's tons of stuff you could do with that yeah exactly and i'll be very curious after we're done with this podcast i'll be checking out the fans of 
our Facebook page just to see if possibly if anybody, you know, got the answer yet, or like I said, it might be lasting for a couple of days. You never know. So, um, yeah, because when Joe sent me that question, I, I had, because at first I'm like, what the hell is that? And when we started talking, like, oh, okay, I know what you're talking about now. So yes. it, it it is possible to figure this out. Joe, Joe's notorious for brain busters. So, um, but I hope it makes people think. I hope it makes people go look and dig and dig and dig. I don't want it to be, you know, 30 minutes after we get off here. Oh, found it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see how they find it. But, uh, but if, 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 if you find it, you know what? More power to it and you will get that first mini comic. Exactly. So, all right. Well, Tyler, before we wrap it up, did you have any closing thoughts? Anything you want to say to the fans before we wrap her up tonight? I want to thank every every uh, man and woman in the chat room tonight. It was a great turnout. I, I thank everybody for devoting time to that and for everybody who listens at after we finish recording this. And um, again, if you want a your own copy of the mini comic, uh, uh, send an email to I want a He-Man comic at AOL.day. Um, I always encourage people to check out uh, Kevin Sharp's artwork, Axel's artwork, Axel Jimenez, if you don't know who I'm talking about, which you should by now. Um, you know, Joe's customs, you know, plug, plug is Joe is constantly posting new and new customs of, you know, turtle, uh, He-Man figures, Super Mario, He-Man figures, Smurf, He-Man figures. Everything's been classic eyes, He-Man eyes, uh, masterized. Yeah. So it's, uh, Joe does, he does, he does, does a fantastic job on Silverhawks. We need, it's, we need people in, we need Joe to do another, we need, well, not another, we need Joe to do a dinosaur figure. We've yet to get dinosaurs, you know, more uh, pub publicized. And we need Joe to make uh, an aloe or a Genghis Rex. And we need Joe to make a uh, Bionic 6. And we need Joe to do something <laughs> from Brave Star, preferably Sandstorm. That would be kind of cool as a classic I appreciate figure. that, man. I'll uh, yeah, definitely hit some up because fans did enjoy the uh, Turtle Tour I did. Now, that name was by the creator. I, I haven't said the person's name because I know once he gets the figure, he'll make his public post about it. That's why I haven't said his name, but that name was his name. He do it. He did a drawing of Turtle Tour, and so that's his, and I turned it into a figure to give the you know life to his creation. Because some people said, well, why didn't you call it call him Shellator? And I was like, I, I didn't name him. This is the name of what you know the person who created. That is their name. Both are great names, but yes, that's a Shellator. Yes, that's a good name. But Turtle Tour is just as great. That's what the person did. It was creation, but people enjoyed it, and it was fun to make. It was fun to make a uh, Turtle Tour. That was a fun custom. So. Well, uh... Uh, and while people in the chat room uh, throw it out, that if anyone who's listening in the chat room has ideas they want us to uh, do for future episodes, you guys throw 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 ideas at us, and we'll, you know, we always like getting thoughts from fans of things they want us to discuss or uh, stories or characters that they're like. We want to hear more about that or, or discuss we this. Or, yeah, we know. appreciate. Oh, JSP didn't get the question. Okay, well, I'll do it one more time. I mean, uh, wait a second. Is if JSP, I just want to make sure when you're saying you missed the question, you mean the uh, trivia question. I'm assuming that's what he means. So, uh, okay, I'll give you the trivia question. I said it earlier, but I'll say it at the end of the show for those who may have missed it. There's been much lore, again, like I said, for Masters of the Universe and Princess of Power when it comes to cartoons, books, mini-comics, everything. And in one particular piece of lore, there's a scene where Grizzlor is shooting a blast of energy out of his hand, and Leech takes a shield and blocks that blast of energy. So we want to know, 
Where did this come from? And if you can be the first to go to the Fans of Power podcast, podcast Facebook page and just post the answer on there, you'll win a copy of Tyler's mini comic. So that's the question. What I'm saying is that is this from a mini comic? Is it from an episode of Princess of Power? Is it from Secret of the Sword? Is it from, you know, a comic book of some kind? Is it from what? That's when I say lore. And believe it, when you find it, you you, I you know you you'll you'll know it when you see it. But you know if you're if you're familiar with your horde stories or you know outings with the, the horde characters, you know you may find it rather quickly. But if not. You will have to do some digging, but you know, I, I think it's it's a pretty pretty good question from Joe. So I, I was glad that that was the um, n- next week. We'll, we'll narrow it down to where it comes from, but this one was going to require people to do a little digging. Okay, all right. So all right. Well, again, thank you everybody in the chat room for joining us. We appreciate all the discussion, the questions, the comments that you had. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and of course, we hope you join us here again next week. And I'll just close with what I always say. Go to fansofpower.com. Go to popculturenetwork.com. Go to hemanworld.com. And on Facebook, go to Masters of the Universe, He-Man, and She-Ra Ultimate Fan Group. All great places, all great people. So until next time, have a powerful day. I know what this is. This is an espresso machine. No, 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 wait. It's a snow cone maker. Is it a water heater? Oh, damn it. I, everybody knows I get stumped every week. Every week Tyler asks this question, I don't know it, and then I sound like a moron because he gives the answer and I should know this. Um, damn. What is it? What is it? Arnold in True Lies when he's being asked about the, the nuclear missile. I know what this is. This is an expressive issue. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. This, I love that. That's great. <laughs> Alright guys, so again, thanks for joining us and uh, See you guys next week. See you next week.